Hello, I'm Alan Hill. In this podcast series of The Nostalgic Vagabond, we're talking travel, all kinds of travel, with all kinds of interesting people from all around the world. In conversation, we'll share personal anecdotes, tales of adventure, and maybe misadventure too. Listen in for some unique cultural perspectives, tips from seasoned veterans, and an array of diverse experiences that have contributed to many life-changing journeys. Travel really is a privilege. We know that now. And if we can't do it right this very moment, let's talk about it then. Hey, where are you right now? On this episode of the Nostalgic Vagabond podcast, it's just me, Alan Hill, the Nostalgic Vagabond, in conversation with myself, if you will. It's episode 2.14, 14th episode of the second series of the podcast, or episode number 40, according to my podcast provider. But basically it means we're at the halfway point through series 2 of the Nostalgia Vagabond podcast. I've switched the days. Instead of the podcast coming out on a Monday morning, I've changed it to a Thursday afternoon release. So today, April 8, Thursday... This podcast drops at midday, and then the following 15th, 22nd of April, so on, every Thursday around midday. And if you couldn't be asked remembering when they come out, you can just subscribe. Your phone will ding, some kind of app will ding on your tablet or your PC or whatever. And if you're super lazy, it's the easiest way to just get the latest pod, so subscribe. So it's April 8. I hope all of you out there had a decent Easter, wherever you are. I know it's tough times for some of us. April 8. Makes me think it's 14 or 15 months since I travelled anywhere. I'm thinking back. January 2020. I had two short breaks in Spain and in Hungary. And now that I think about it, it's probably been since 2008, 2009 that I've had such a long gap in between trips. I was in Pakistan December and January 2007-2008, and then I'm pretty sure I just stayed in Canberra in Australia where I was living at that time, until I went away to the USA in June 2009. And when I think back to that time in my life as well, I was bloody miserable. (laughs) And I'm quite surprised how not so miserable I am right now. I suppose I'm a bit older and I've developed better coping mechanisms for these kinds of situations. If you want to hear about some of my experiences in Pakistan, there's a good episode with Cameron Thompson called When One Travels to Places Afar, which dropped in November 2020. Pakistan's a very different place, obviously, to the West. When I was there, I was, I think, 23. I had never been anywhere so different, so it was quite an eye-opening experience. Very interesting place. So yeah, if you want to hear a little bit about that, you can listen to that episode, When One Travels to Places Afar. So like I said, this is episode 40. The first episodes dropped August 8, 2020, with a triple header. There was Jay Canning, Chris Ascroft, Tiziana Volpe that dropped on consecutive days at the beginning. Interesting apps. Jay's an English guy. I met him in California. Chris is from Montreal, and I met him when he was working in Montreal as a tour guide, 
and hostile worker. And Tiziana Volpe I met in 2011-2012 in the winter uh, in Toronto in Canada when I was there on a working holiday permit or one of my working holiday permits. And I think back, I still remember last year in June, July, putting all this time and effort into planning and producing and figuring out how the bloody hell to make a podcast. But to be fair, at that time, we were all locked down. There was nothing else to do. So like I said, it's the halfway point of series two. The inspiration and motivation is still the same. This podcast is just talking about travel, all kinds of travel, with all kinds of interesting people from different backgrounds and experiences. I suppose the point is that it's a good distraction or some kind of escapism from the current situation a lot of us find ourselves in. Selfishly, I would say this podcast has definitely helped me to stay sane during this hellish last 12 months or so. But my hope, sincerely, is that all you listeners out there have enjoyed spending time listening to me and my guests, hearing of our stories, interesting experiences, some crazy experiences, and the types of adventures that we've been on. And I'd like to hear any of your feedback. So if you want to DM me on Instagram at the Nostalgic V, or you can send an email to the underscore the letter N underscore the letter V, the underscore N underscore V at yahoo.com. Yeah, if you liked a particular episode, just let me know. I can then forward those thoughts to the guest I had on. And, you know, people are always welcome to hear some good positive feedback or negative feedback. I'm up for constructive criticism as well. Yeah, it'd be interesting to know where you listen to the podcast, how you listen to the podcast. Do you go for a walk? Do you listen to it while you're in the car, in the shower? Yeah, it could be interesting just to know. So yeah, drop me a line. So when it comes to podcasts and when it comes to this particular podcast, The Nostalgic Vagabond, I suppose the best things that I have found has been reconnecting with old friends. I've been traveling for 10 plus years all over the place. And it's been really nice to get onto the internet, open up a Zoom, and catch up with old friends that I've met all over the world. And in saying that, even catching up with old friends from high school on where I grew up, so 20 plus years ago, been interesting to catch up with those people and see where they're at, literally, what they're doing, and how they're coping in the situation, and what kinds of ridiculous and interesting travel experiences they've had since they've grown up and been an adult and we've all gone our separate ways. In this series too, I've been reaching out via social media and various contact forms on blogs and websites to other travellers in the online community. So it's been good to make new contacts with travellers. And we all share that similar bond and similar intrigue about the world around us. I've enjoyed listening to interesting and sometimes funny stories from my guests. I love conversation. Just listening to stories from people is a, is a true joy. I think especially in a time like this, finding some kind of connection with others in this super isolating time in our lives is almost invaluable. I know it's mostly just been cyber connections, talking through a screen to somebody. But for a lot of us this last year, literally being in our own house prisons, being able to interact with people over Zoom and I think people's willingness to interact over Zoom, I guess because they have nothing else to do, has been interesting 
I think for some of us, a real lifesaver just to get that little bit of human connection. Another good thing about creating the podcast is the opportunity to be creative. It's good having a project, playing with computer graphics and figuring out how to create a brand. Another good thing is learning new skills. I didn't know how to make a podcast, so I had to figure it out. I didn't know that much about audio editing, had to figure it out. Teaching myself stuff, Zoom settings, mic settings, quite a few YouTube tutorials, you know how it is. Learning new skills. If anything can be done in lockdown, I think the most productive thing anyone of us could do is learn some new skills. That'll keep you sane. To be fair, traditionally I've hated Skype and using video conferencing software, but I think out of necessity and the Zoom phenomenon coming online about this time last year, I've kind of gotten over my hatred of video conferencing. Ideally, I'd rather be in a three-dimensional space with people, but I've got accustomed to using a two-dimensional space. So anyway, I still look forward to when we can meet each other face-to-face again, and I can see you all in 3D. Now, when it comes to the worst things about podcasting, well, I think I've ruined my eyes a little bit. (laughs) I'd say it's a, a constant zooming combined with editing audio and the hours that goes into that. I saw an optometrist, I think in 2016, and he said my eyes were fine. Come back and see me in your mid-40s. Well, I'm not convinced anymore. I think I'm going to have to book an appointment and see what he says then. And I'm definitely not in my mid-40s. Another thing that is not ideal, podcasting, especially if you're doing it as a solo gig, is very time-intensive. From planning, producing, the actual recording, and then especially the editing, and then the releasing of episodes. There's a lot of work. And I would say a lot of my time has been used up in doing all these things, which has meant that some time has been taken away from my other creative projects, mainly my screenwriting. So I need to figure out a balance there. So why am I doing this? Really, why am I doing this? What is the point of the podcast? In episode 2.10, which was Tony Pham's episode, How to Find That Dream Hostel, which came out in mid-March 2021, he made a point where he says on his social media, on his Instagram, his travel influencer space, let's say, he uses his pictures and posts his photographs and makes his comments so that the people who are following him can live vicariously through him. They can travel the world in a way from the comforts of their own lounge, their armchair, their sofa, laying in bed, scrolling through his pictures. So in a way, this podcast is similar to that, where the point is, at the moment, none of us can really travel. There's a global travel ban. But if we talk about it, we can live vicariously through each other's stories, can't we? There's an expression that goes, in times of hardship, people turn to nostalgia. And this is true for me, probably true for a lot of you out there. The current nostalgia I have is not to lament the current situation necessarily, but more to be a distraction from it. And then to get excited for a time when things open up again, things return to normal, and we can go traveling again. I mean, this current situation is pretty much bullshit. The podcast, The Nostalgic Vagabond, 
is, I hope for you guys, a form of escapism from the lockdown that you're in in lots of places in the world. Just like travel, actual travel, can be a form of escapism from an individual's hectic life or dramatic life. Sometimes just that change of scenery is necessary for a small amount of time. And at the moment, a one hour long podcast, that little one hour of escapism. Put your headphones on, close your eyes, listen to the quirky music I have at the start of the podcast, and listen to some interesting people from all around the world talk about travel. Maybe you'll be inspired. I've loved learning about new places too. Some of my guests have visited places I've never been before, and it makes me curious to go there and check it out for myself. However, recently, I've been saddened to hear that some of people I know, some people who want to be listeners, but they can't bring themselves to listen to the podcast because they think it'll make them super depressed. The fact that they want to travel, they can't travel, they don't want to hear about travel. I found that interesting, and I suppose everyone's different. Everyone's got their own unique personality. Everyone handles this situation in different ways. To be honest, though, selfishly for me, creating this podcast and producing this podcast has helped me to not get super depressed. This lockdown has sucked. It's been going on for more than a year now. But staying busy, being creative, talking with others only if virtually on Zoom, has really helped me stay in a state of optimism. And really, I'm actually quite surprised at how I haven't been completely miserable. Right, story time. Now, just thinking about this, what would I title this story? Maybe the risk of returning to pre-loved destinations. Expectations can be dangerous. Beware. Take care when returning to Toronto. (laughs) Something like this. So just to give you a bit of context, I was in Canada in 2010. I travelled from the western side in Vancouver, quite a ways east into Montreal, over a period of eight or nine weeks. I returned again to Canada at the end of 2011 into 2012 because I wanted to have a work holiday experience there. A lot of the episodes in the first series of the podcast feature guests from that period who I met around that time. So for example, Tiziana Volpe, Finding Your Place episode that came out in August 2020. Anna Matusic, Travel Makes the Heart Grow Fonder was the title of her episode, which came out in August 2020 as well. Adam Sherry's episode, November 2020, Travel Makes Me. And also Felix, one of my best buddies from those days in 2011-2012, his episode from Marysville to Toronto, which came out in December 2020. So as you can see, there's already, I mean, I've dedicated four episodes to reminiscing those hilarious stories from those times in Toronto in 2011-2012. Good memories. Now, I'm sure a lot of you listeners out there have at least pondered the thought, or maybe you've experienced it yourself. When you travel, there's always a question, should I travel somewhere new this time, 
or should I go back to a place I've been to before that was really awesome and see more of it and, and get even deeper in amongst it? And that's a valid question. But this story is about, like I said, the risk of returning to pre-loved destinations and how travel expectations maybe can be a little bit dangerous. So take care when returning to Toronto. So when I was there in 2011-2012, I stayed in a hostel for some time. It was a great experience, loads of good times, met some really interesting people. Eventually I found a job, a decent job. I was working in a bank in the back office, which actually, in reflection, was kind of hellish too. But what made that experience quite pleasant actually was having a cubicle buddy next door. Carly, her name was. She was a South African Canadian and uh, she was just great banter. We would do the crossword together every day. You know, those crosswords you get on those pathetic newspapers that are free at the subway stations. They're full of ridiculous articles and then a couple of crosswords and a Sudoku on the second last page. Yeah, one of those crosswords. So doing that made me not want to shoot myself in the foot from looking at finance tickets all day, calling up people in all the provinces in Canada trying to chase up investment cash and kind. And Carly actually introduced me to a very interesting coffee shop as well, which will come in later in the story. But let's fast forward now from that experience in 2011-2012 to October 2013. Now, at this time in my life, I was in my late 20s, and everyone around me of similar age was settling down, having a family. Hopefully, they've already got a decent job. So I thought, maybe I should have a try at doing that. I was in Europe at the time, and I could have gone back to Australia or maybe try somewhere else. So I decided to go back to Toronto to try, air quotes, settle down. But like I said, returning to a pre-loved destination comes with its risks. So back in Toronto, going through the motions like I had done before. First of all, when you arrive, you got to stay in a hostel before you find a place to live. You got to try to find a job. Just try settle down again. That was the plan. And that just wasn't really working out. I found it extremely difficult to find any decent work. I was getting a few jobs here and there. It's pretty broke. Really struggling to find a reasonably priced place to live in an area of which I wanted to live. So, yeah, it was a bit of a grind. But also, the vibe was just different. The people in the hostel were different. The staff were different. The atmosphere outside in Toronto was different. Maybe I was different. Maybe that's what I was. So I'd been living in this room six, which was actually quite a cool room to be in. It was right at the back of the hostel. Really chilled out, quiet, decent size. Six-person room it was. And I just had a good few days with a bloke called Rory, who actually I interviewed on the podcast as well. His episode is titled Work Away, which came out in November 2020. Uh, with Rory McLeod, very cool Scottish guy. We had a good couple of days together in Toronto. We were in the same dorm room, that's how we met. But like all travellers, he had to carry on with his trip, so he left. And in place, moved in an Aussie girl, young Aussie girl who was on one of her uh, worldwide adventures, as lots of Australians tend to do when they're young. 
So I was just chatting to her for a bit, getting to know who she was and what her plans were in Toronto. And all of a sudden, someone barges through the door. What's up, fuckers? What the hell is that to say as a first greeting? Especially when you're a middle-aged man. It's a bit laughable. But more than laughable was the vibe. This guy gave off a really, really dodgy vibe. Immediately tell that this Australian girl was uncomfortable. Uncomfortable because he was a weirdo, the kind of weirdo that you might meet in the club or in the street late at night, and you'd want to do your utmost just to not allow the, any situations to escalate and just get away. But this guy was sharing a room with us. So, basically, I could tell this was a dodgy atmosphere. And I said to her, do you want to just grab a coffee? My friend Carly, from the time before, I used to work with at the bank, she told me about this cafe called Aroma, and all Australians like good coffee. So, that was basically how we got out of the situation. Said we were going to grab a coffee, and we could leave this weirdo bloke, with a bizarre one-syllable name, to, I guess, settle in and unpack his crap. So we bailed out and had a coffee and just discussed what we were going to do about this guy. Maybe a bit of a game plan. She was only going to be there for a night, so she just figured, if I can just get through this without upsetting this guy too much and who knows what he's capable of, then uh, she'll move on. That worked out okay for her, but I was still in this room having to share a room with this guy who gave me this really, really sociopathic vibe. I think he thought he was charming, but I just saw straight through it. I mean, like I said, fake charm, a bit of a joker. I mean, he thought he was a stifler. Stifler is only cool when you're a teenager and you're in high school. Imagine a middle-aged stifler. Kind of a loser. Just like it was portrayed in that final American Pie reunion movie, Stifler was middle-aged, or at least pushing middle-aged, and he hadn't changed at all from high school. He was now wrinkly, old, and irrelevant, like a pack of ready-salted crisps. <laughs> That's a great expression I've stolen from a mate, Matt Burnett. <laughs> now, like I said, I was in this hostel trying to get a decent job, trying to find a decent place to live. It was a few weeks that this process was going on. And it was these days that were passing that I was having to share this room with this sociopath. I mean, I just got the vibe that he was a compulsive liar. He stole money from people. And I'll tell you how he did it. He would come up to you late at night and beg you for 10 or $20 and say he had to pay the taxi driver who was waiting outside. He didn't have any cash. He lost his bank cards. Please help me. One time he came into my room at about 11pm, or came into our room I should say, and said, Alan, I need $20 for the taxi driver. Taxi driver's outside, I haven't got any money, but you got $20. Really, you know, playing the game. I gave him 10 He left. <laughs> I had to chase him for days and days and days to get my $10 back. He would always make up an excuse. Eventually he gave it back, and I, he had this grin on his face. And I, I felt like his eyes were saying to me, I'm going to stab you. It was eerie. That's all I can say. I later found out too that there was a very sweet girl from BC who had given him $120 over a course of five or six times. For the same reason, 
just asking for money that he didn't have, whether it was for a taxi or some other bullshit reason. It made me really angry, but maybe she was too scared to ask for it back because he was a very, very strange guy. The other thing he would do too is sell you fake sports tickets. Now in Toronto, a lot of people want to go watch the ice hockey, the NHL, but it's impossible. You cannot get a ticket. You have to be in the know to get seats to those places. And anyway, the tickets cost hundreds of dollars. This guy was saying he'd get you really good seats for 70 bucks. So he'd be taking advantage of tourists who don't know any better and ripping them off for $70 a pop for fake tickets. It was a real piece of work. The thing that I found very strange was I felt like I was the only person who... I felt like I was the only person who really didn't like this guy. Got, really got a bad vibe from him. A lot of other people in the hostel were like, yeah, this guy's... He's just a bit of a character. Whereas I thought, mm, no, there's something really much deeper than that. Made me very uneasy. So I just kept my distance. And whenever he was talking to me, I would just try to de-escalate anything and not allow him to get too excitable and definitely not allow him to take money from me. Yeah, he got chummy with other guests. I let him do that. I felt like saying, be careful with this guy. Don't give him any money. A lot of the time, they just thought, nah, he's fine. He's just he's just him. So let it be. Okay, fair enough. Anyway, so this was a real grind, staying in this hostel, living with this weirdo in my dorm room, not being able to find decent work, not being able to find a decent place to live. Felt like I was on a loop, and this settling down just wasn't working out at all. And then it was my mum's birthday. I wanted to go celebrate the birthday from afar by going to a bar with a friend from the hostel. And there was a guy in my room. There was this Aussie guy in my room smoking weed. And uh, I went and complained about him to my mate who I was going out with. And at the same time, the receptionist overheard what I was complaining to my mate about. And then when the guy who was smoking weed came out into the front near the reception, the receptionist just went off at him. And, you know, fair enough. What the hell are you doing smoking weed in the room of the hostel, the dorm room of the hostel? That's just, that's, I've ne I'd never come across that before. It's so disrespectful. Anyway, so the receptionist went off at him and then he had a real grudge against me. He basically decided that I was a snitch. And actually, that was the very first time I heard that word snitch. Maybe it's just different circles we roll in. Anyway, a few hours passed and this Aussie guy got really drunk. And then as I was about to go out to the bar with my friend, the guy assaulted me. He grabbed me around the neck, pushed me up against the car, and threatened me. I was pretty upset. In hindsight, I don't think the guy was trying to hurt me per se. I think he was just trying to... Well, he was drunk, first of all. I think he was just trying to be more alpha than me. The alpha male, which is probably slightly a byproduct of growing up in Australia anyway. I went out for a drink anyway, and then when I came home, I realized that I had to share a room with the guy. <laughs> I had actually told the hostel that they should get rid of him, kick him out, but they didn't. That's fair enough. The guy left the next morning for the USA, so I hope he had a shower, changed his clothes, and got rid of any weed residue, because he wouldn't be getting into the USA otherwise. Let's just say going back to Toronto in 2013 was a lot more underwhelming than I could have expected.
it was very difficult to find a job, very difficult to find a place. I got assaulted. I was sharing a room with a sociopath. <sighs> I finally found a place to move into. So I moved into this new house. And, and one night I was kind of a bit bored. So I went on the internet and just searched this guy's name, this sociopath that I was sharing a room with in the hostel. And I'll tell you what, <laughs> there was loads of stuff on the internet about this guy. Apparently he was an ex-con. He'd been in prison in a certain province. There was a Calgary TV news bulletin about him where he'd ripped off a couple for hundreds of dollars selling them fake concert tickets, selling them fake sports tickets. There was a blog dedicated to who's, who he's been scamming with hundreds and hundreds of comments. <laughs> I tell you what, I, I had to say I felt, I don't know, I felt like I was right and everyone else was wrong. It was a very ego-boosting moment. So I called up my friend at the hostel who was still there and said, you've got to check this out. So they had a look at it and then they forwarded it to the hostel reception. And this guy was then blacklisted from coming in. The last I heard, he was scamming people in the GTA, the greater Toronto area. So if you ever come across a middle-aged guy, kind of short, with a big loud voice, and he says to you, what's up, fucker? You can reply with him, your time is, mate. So in 2014 now, coldest winter in 40 years it was. I was in Toronto. It was cold. I survived an ice storm. I was struggling to get work. I was working as an English tutor downtown. The hours weren't very good. The pay wasn't very good. I was still struggling. I finally got a job in high finance. And in retrospect, that was a big mistake. When you're working in high finance... You're sitting in a cubicle with drones, essentially, and you're looking at numbers. You're chasing up prices. You're looking at net asset values. Just the numbers are ridiculous. Just the, the amount of money that's being gained or lost in a 24-hour period is, is ridiculous. And I got really down. I don't know if it was partly seasonal affective disorder from such a cold and brutal winter in Toronto. I don't know if it was my job that was making me depressed specifically. I don't know if it was a chemical imbalance. But I've, I felt really shitty. And I'd put this into perspective for you. I was working in a hedge fund accounting firm. And I would walk a few blocks to work every day. And I, I remember thinking, I would prefer to be hit by a truck right now crossing the street then have to sit in my cubicle and patrol emails all day looking for the most recent naps for month-end accounting. That's dark. Really dark. But I have to say, a big thank you to Anna Martusic, Matt Burnett, and Emma Palmer. These three people really helped me in my dark times. Listening to me on the phone, listening to me face-to-face, -face, offering me advice sometimes. It was a pretty shitty few months, I'll have to say. But I managed to get out of it through changing my job, changing location, taking some respite, enjoying some sun in a different city for a few months. I managed to pull myself out of that depression. But it was really, really shit. I learned a lot about myself, for sure. And in hindsight, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't have survived this pandemic as well as I've been surviving this pandemic 
if I had not had that really shitty experience in Toronto seven years ago. As they say, what doesn't kill you can make you stronger. Now, talking back again to this particular lockdown, it's been tough. It's been tough for a lot of us, especially on our mental health, our mental state. It's been a challenging time for everyone. And I just hope that some of the episodes that I've been releasing of the Nostalgic Vagabond podcast have at least given some respite, perhaps to the mental states, to the struggle and the the oppression of this pandemic, being kept in our houses and being away from our friends and family. I really do hope that the conversations that you listen to on the podcast are being of benefit at this time. So let's look forward. What's going to happen in the future? Well, vaccinations are happening. If we get jabbed, we might be able to travel. In saying that, every sovereign state will have their own rules about whether or not travelers can enter, whether they need a vaccine or not. Fair enough. I mean, if you want to enter somebody's house and they say, could you please take your shoes off before you come in? You would do it, right? So the conditions of entry for certain countries, if they require you to be vaccinated against COVID, I guess you're just going to have to be vaccinated. Future travel for the Nostalgic Vagabond. My plan is to get to Australia later on in the year. I'm really concerned if that's going to be possible. Uh, We'll see. Still a few months left before that time comes. But at the minute, there's only a couple of airlines that are flying there for ridiculous prices. And once I do arrive in Australia, as it stands at the minute, I'm obliged to pay $3,000 for the privilege of staying in a hotel prison for two weeks on arrival. Sounds good, eh? So hopefully that will change. I wanted to travel to a bunch of places this year, starting this summer. But I'm less and less confident that's going to happen. But we'll see if the global situation improves, meaning each state sorts out their vaccination program, I guess, then things, I guess, can change rapidly. But let's see. Let's see. But where are you guys right now? Listeners, tell me where you are and where is the first place that you'd like to go when this travel ban is lifted. DM me some of your ideas because I'd love to read them. I mean, I'm ready to go now. I'm ready to travel. Patience is the virtue that's being tested to the max at the minute. Anyway, so what's the podcast coming up in the second half of series two? Well, I've got a lot of interesting people on to chat. I've got entrepreneurial types, some crazy long-term adventurers, travelers maybe who have gone a bit against the grain when it comes to what might be expected from them at certain stages of their life. Interesting stuff. So that's coming up on the podcast. Thursdays now, not Mondays. Dropping around midday, coming out in the afternoon if you're GMT+. plus. Yeah, so that's basically it for the podcast. I guess I got to say, don't forget, your journey is special. And uh, I've been Alan Hill. Until next time. Oh, 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 oh,